And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. And I thank you for tuning in today. I've got a great show for you. If out of this show or anything you've heard in the past, you wind up with some questions, feel free to send those over to me. You can email me to askandy at l-u-i-n-c dot com. I love your questions, so don't be shy. Again, that's askandy at l-u-inc dot com. And I've got some interesting market data I want to look at with you probably in the next segment, but I also want to consider a question during the course of this show that I think is important to you, whether you're an experienced investor or you're just getting started, and that's how do you how do you decide whether an investment that you are considering is a good one? You know, should you do it? And, and I see it a lot. People, they have it on the plate in front of them, and they hem and they haw, they get a little nervous, get a little fear. I get that sometimes as well take too long, miss that opportunity. It happens. But it ultimately, it just comes down to one simple consideration. And I had this conversation recently with somebody that was going through this, this mental, mental process. And look, if the numbers work and that investment meets your goals, do the deal, buy the investment. If the numbers do not work and they are not, that investment is not moving you towards your goal, then don't do it. I think it's a fairly binary, you know, one or zero, black or white sort of decision. It does, there doesn't need to be any kind of gray area here. And what will happen is as you have that opportunity there on the plate in front of you, you're, you're going to do due diligence. And you're, you're, you do due diligence on any poten potential investment. And you may come across things that do change the scenario and negatively impact that opportunity and effectively tip it from good investment to bad investment, or at least bad with respect to your your goals and your numbers. So what could kill an investment? Let's let's talk about let's talk about that on today's show. That is the, the main the main idea. So what kills an investment? What makes it bad? Before we talk about that, let's look at the other side of the coin and answer the question what what makes a great investment? You know, so how about how about something that makes you money five ways? Not one, not one, not two, not even three, but five ways. Your 401k, it's where most people are invested right now. Does that make you money five ways? No, at best appreciation. You don't even get cash flow out of that 401k. Maybe down in the down the line you might, you will, but as you hold that thing, as you contribute, nothing going on there. Your brokerage account. All right, not trapped in that 401k environment. No, no. Best 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 case you get one, you know, you get appreciation, you might get some some dividends so you're making money two ways. Precious metals like gold, that's all uh, all in the news. I'm hearing ads for that all over all over the place right now. No, you're you're just waiting for appreciation. Anything else? You might you might buy and 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 hope for said appreciation. No. Look, residential real estate, that's what I'm talking about. That makes us money five ways if here caveat if you're following the right model but it does it does that for us it has cash flow i collect that every month 
That's my net profit. It has equity capture. If you're buying right, right, that goes back to following the right model. Equity capture means I'm buying at a discount and creating wealth through the process, the essentially the acquisition and renovation process. Equity capture. Big numbers there right now. Equity buildup as my resident pays down the mortgage. General market appreciation. Yes, like gold or, or those those stock accounts, we do see appreciation as well. That's one of the one of the ways. And of course, tax advantages are tremendous on residential real estate. Those are the five ways. And if we talk about apartments, which we do talk about apartments because at Lifestyles Unlimited, we don't do just houses. We also invest in apartments. Well, we also have forced appreciation. That is not anything we have in in houses. So yeah, actually six ways to make money. So those are great investments. Residential, residential real estate, um, it, it, it really takes the cake, hands down. Five ways, six ways. But you also have to remember, and we've talked about this on recent shows, that all real estate is local. And, and, I, and I bring this up because I do see, for example, we're going to look here in just a moment. I've got in front of me, this is from Fannie Mae. It's a national housing survey, and a lot of the press out there will be uh, focusing on national numbers. And, and if if you dial in those national numbers, you're going to get you're going to get skewed one way or the other. Um, but it's not going to help you because again, real estate is local. It does that great investment. It does come down to location, right? You've you've heard the phrase location, 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 and and, and it is true. And, and I'm going to focus first on Dallas-Fort Worth. This, again, is an article. This was on Axios. That's A-X-I-O-S, uh, Dallas. And they're aggregating a couple of data points from different reports. And it, it's interesting because they ask you to imagine San Diego, San Jose, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, and Boise all rolled up into the same metropolitan area. Now, I have no feeling for how big those areas are. But essentially, that's Dallas-Fort Worth. We're big, and we're getting bigger. It's one of the country's fastest growing metropolitan areas. We have Dallas, we have Fort Worth, we have Denton to the north. You'll hear big uh, big areas within uh, our, our market here are Arlington, Plano, Garland, many, many more, many, many more municipalities throughout. The, the place is on fire and it is growing like crazy. It says here, the region added more people than any other U.S. metro between 2021 and 2022. We added over 170,000 people, new residents, to the DFW MSA. That's huge. That's huge. Why is that important? Real estate is local. And I want to be buying rental property where people are moving because those are my residents. Not necessarily the people moving here, but the people that are already in place as well. And at some point I may want to sell. Well, as people move here, what's going to happen? It's going to push up my prices, right? That's a good thing. So people are moving here gangbusters. They mentioned climate change and the, the crazy heat we've been having. I just had to replace my air conditioner. So yeah, we, we got bit by that bug as well. Doesn't matter. People are still moving here, despite despite that uh, that 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 crazy heat that we have. And as an aside, this particular article references another on Axios as well. And I'm going to jump over to this. It says Texas is one of six, not just not just Texas, but one of six states that are benefiting right now from a massive, uh, in their words here, a massive southward wealth migration. And I and I like that term. So I'm going to jump over to this other article, also from Axios. This came out mid July. And the title of this one, it says, Texas, part of national GDPs, right? Gross, gross domestic product, all the money. Texas is part of national GDP shift from the Northeast, which has traditionally been the, the, big, the big area, to the South. 
So Texas is among the six six fastest growing southern states. Well, which are, which states are we talking about? This is what I want you to take away. Again, location, location, location. Big picture here: Florida, Texas, Georgia, the Carolinas. So they mean both South and North Carolina, Carolina and Tennessee. These are all part of what they're calling a 100. $100 billion wealth migration. So it's not just bodies moving here, but it's it's money as well. Again, as a rental owner, I like to see that. That means we have more bodies to occupy, really a diminishing number of rental properties. Therefore, what's going to happen? Rents will go up. Well, as that GDP moves here, as that wealth moves here, can I command a higher rent? Yeah, probably so. Probably so. What's interesting as well about these six markets that I just named, with the exception of Florida, you may have caught interviews that we did with the sales managers in these markets. Texas, absolutely. Georgia, yes. The Carolinas. Wait a minute, Andy, you've talked about South Carolina. What about North Carolina? Literally this week, literally this week, I've started getting email blasts from the Realty team in North Carolina. So yes, we are represented there now as well. So if you're focused, if you're interested in the Carolinas, we have realty in both South and North Carolina. And of course, Tennessee was on here. Now, Florida, we're, we're not right, not quite there yet, but I know lenders within our, within our ecosystem that are preparing there as well. So if you want to invest, whether Texas or one of these other five markets, do we have the infrastructure to support you? Absolutely. Location, location, location. And I should probably say that three more times because we got the big six right here. Now, when did all this occur? This happened during the pandemic. But the good news is there's no sign that it's going to go back. GDP in these states accounted for 23.8% of the country's total, whereas the Northeast was at 22.4%. This was per, per Bloomberg. So clearly we're, we're moving away from that, that old manufacturing belt up there in the Northeast and everything else, finances, we've got everything up there. It's all coming here. Texas and then those Sunbelt states that... I mentioned it's interesting to think about as well. They, they, they say that about 2.2 million people, which is comparable to the population of Houston, has moved to the southeast in the last two years. Just picture that. If you've ever been to Houston and, and driven around Houston, it's huge. <laughs> there are a lot of people there. Just mentally picture that, 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 that huge mass of people coming from the northeast, maybe from the west coast as well to these six states. That's a lot. It's huge numbers. It's huge numbers. Now to go back to Texas or come back to Texas where I sit, Texas of these states, Texas was the only one with more than three cities on the list of the 15 most populous states, or excuse me, cities, Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, Austin, Fort Worth. So we've, we've, we've talked about this before. Texas is doing very, very well on the demographic side. And it's not just the demographic side. So let's go back to that article on Dallas-Fort Worth. What is it that's that's drawing people here, not just people, but businesses? Um, since 2020, Dallas-Fort Worth has seen 256 businesses either relocate to the area or expand their, their businesses here. Dallas accounts for 59 of those. Fort Worth itself uh, accounts for a healthy number as well. I believe it's 40. Yes, 40. And then in between, again, we've got several municipalities that are bringing in big, big figures as well. Irving attracted Caterpillar. Um, we've got a number of other manufacturers coming in as well. Frisco's a hot spot. 
and they're drawn by the we got it we got several airports highways rail access we're central in the country and we already have a very high skilled and diverse workforce and people keep coming so that's only going to swell and that is swell <laughs> you know it's great information so we're not building enough you and i know that it's expensive builders kind of sat on their their hands for a while after the uh after the great recession back in 08 09 and 10 so we're, we're still behind in terms of new inventory and we all know you you've, you've seen the press and this is national in scope that uh, there's simply not enough inventory on the market rates have gone up people are hesitant to relinquish those low mortgages that they have in place on one hand on the other hand they're seeing that prices have done what they've done and they have skyrocketed so they're 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 nervous to buy and put a higher higher rate mortgage into place so what do you think that's going to do again putting my my rental owner hat on what do you think that's going to do to price and rent growth yeah both are going to go up both are going to go up well price is that a good thing for us well hold on Hold on, we're going to come back to a Fannie Mae survey that tells me, yes, it is, when we come back from the break. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Stop waiting, stop sitting around, stop procrastinating. This is your time. Make it happen. Do it now. When's the best time? Now. People go, well, I don't know. It's gonna crash. It's gonna be better next year. It's, I've gotta to listen to four more classes. I love guys come up to me all the time. You know, I've been listening to you on the radio for eight years now, right? <laughs> I go, and you're not rich yet? Well, really, I'm thinking about joining next month. <laughs> Do it now. Learn the skills you need to retire with real estate in five years or less. Do it now. Register for the Lifestyles Unlimited free online workshop. LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Andy Webb. If you have any questions, send me an email to askandy at l-u-i-n-c dot com. Again, I love your questions, and it I, gives me something to think about, perhaps even content for a future show. And I had an email, actually, that, that uh, was asking about um, that, the due diligence period, in essence, which is the genesis of the, the, the bulk of today's show. We're going to talk about uh, what could kill an investment in real estate as you go through that due diligence period. But I want to wrap up the notion of what makes a great investment. And we talked about why real estate is great, just broadly in, in, in terms of how we make money. There are multiple, multiple ways, like nothing else you're going to be able to park your money in uh, these days anyhow. And location is a big part of that being a great investment. It means choosing the right location. And we looked at Dallas-Fort Worth. We talked about the six markets that are really pulling in the, the, the biggest amount of, of GDP or, or wealth transfer out of, out of the older areas, let's say. And... I want to wrap this up by pointing to the fact, because you may ask a question that's great, Andy, prices are going up. How does that help me, the investor, if I want to buy a rental property? Well, you need to know how to buy right, 
right? You need to have the education around doing that. You need to work with realtors that understand what we as investors are looking for. That's very important. But ultimately, ultimately, I'm going to buy a rental property. I'm going to fix it up. I'm going to renovate. I'm going to get it at a discount because it does need work. But at some point, I'm going to dispose of that asset. I'm going to, I'm going to collect my winnings. That's when I want those prices to have gone up. Very important. But further to that, I want to look at this uh, national housing survey. Yeah, I know I just said, you know, focus on, on local information, but, but sometimes what you're going to get out there is national in scope. And Fannie Mae, who is one of the GSEs, the, the government-sponsored entities that insures mortgages on, on personal houses, uh, they conducted a survey. This is early August of this year, and it's very interesting to me. 82% of people, this is the highest it's ever been, 82% of people believe it is a bad time bad time to buy a house, to buy a home. Flip that on its head, only 18, 18%, you know, so such a low number, only 18% think it's a good time to buy. That tells me a few things. If they're not buying, either they're staying in their current house, that's a possibility, they're just not changing, or what are they doing? They're renting. Well, I as a rental owner want to find those people. What makes a great investment? Having clients, having customers. If people are not buying, they're renting. If they're not living in their personal house, they're renting. That is good news for me and for you. The other side of the coin is if people are not buying, I as an investor will have a little less competition out there, especially on those distressed properties. Now, now there are still a lot of investors out there operating, but some of them have pulled back as well because of rates because they don't know how to operate in this kind of environment. They're not well-educated like we are here at Lifestyles Unlimited. So that it plays to our advantage as well. But I thought that was very interesting. Um, a record share of Americans uh, think that this is a very, very bad time to buy. Now, a lot of them think that it's a good time to sell. Why? Because prices are up. So you got to find a buyer. Well, maybe that's me. Maybe that's you. Um, so keep that in the back of your mind as we go through the balance of the show. And by the way, one thing that we are seeing a lot of right now, I mentioned equity capture earlier in the segment. We've talked about that on prior shows because of what we're seeing out there in terms of prices and values actually still going up. The equity component that we're capturing as we go through a, a, a renovation project, it's tremendous. Very, very big numbers. Cash flow is truly compressed due to interest rates. And we do want to see that it does cash flow. But that equity component is massive right now. And that's because of all of these things that we see at play. Lack of inventory, builders not performing, people moving to these markets. Now, this equity capture, that may not be true in New York or California. We don't buy there anyhow. But because of the glut of people we have come into these six markets I named, uh, we are seeing values go up. And we are capturing a tremendous amount of equity. Now, let's shift gears and get to that question. What could kill an investment in real estate? And here... I'm thinking specifically about the due diligence period. This is when you've, you know, you've gone under contract. You're not closing yet. You've got that, that option period, perhaps. Maybe you've contracted with the wholesaler. You've put down your earnest money, but you've got some time to dig in. And this is when you really want to dig in and, and, and make sure this is a good investment for you. You've entered with certain assumptions and you need to qualify those now. Now, what comes beyond the due diligence period if it, if it proves to be a good investment, you're going to close, you're going to renovate the property, you're going to lease the property, you're, you're going to operate the property for some number of years, and then you're going to tap into that equity like we talked about by selling or, or perhaps refinancing. We teach you all of these things at Lifestyles Unlimited. How to be a good operator is very important here, but I want to focus specifically on the due diligence period. 
what things could kill that investment that you just wrote a contract on? And, and by the way, you may ask, well, don't you know these things beforehand? Well, a lot of times you, you don't. Houses and these opportunities are moving so fast, you need to be able to move quickly. Get the contract and then focus on the due diligence. If you spend too much time ahead of time trying to figure everything out, dot your I's, cross your T's, it's gone. That investment will be gone because they're moving so fast. So you're likely to miss that, that opportunity. So you get into the due diligence period. What could, what could kill it for you right now? You know, a number of things. We'll, we'll look at some of these in detail, but location. Yeah, we talked about location, 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 location. That could do it. Level of rehab or renovations needed. Interest rates. They are moving still. Taxes, insurance, maybe a lack of knowledge. You're not quite, maybe your education level is not quite where it should be, especially as it goes into renovations and level of rehab. Those things kind of play together, I think. Uh, maybe you're just being too conservative. Now, be careful. Don't be too conservative. I'm a type B. I'm an overthinker. I have this problem all the time. On my renovation budget, on my initial numbers anyhow that I'm putting together, I have to be careful not to be too conservative. If you're too conservative, you're going to kill every single opportunity that comes across your desk. So what do I do? How do I counteract that tendency that I know I have, well, I talk to others, my wife, she, she's more of a go-getter in that sense, more on the type A side, perhaps, um, gives me that kick that I need, or I'll talk to maybe a mentor. You know, we have mentors at Lifestyles Unlimited. They can, they'll, they'll give you an unbiased view. And sometimes they may tell you, walk away from that investment. Here's why these three items don't try to, don't try to now figure out why those three items can be circumvented somehow. You know, but talk to these people. They may tell you, hey, you're being a little too conservative in these areas. Here's why. You know, I'll talk to other agents, realtors, and other investors, quite frankly. So that's how I personally, when I feel I'm being a little too conservative on a particular investment, I'll seek aid. And and, and if you're a type B, know know thyself, know know that about yourself and be prepared to to do that as well. Now what about target equity capture? Again, this is a big one right now. We talked about this with the lack of inventory, the lack of sellers. A lot of people don't want to sell because they don't know where that, where am I going to move? Interest rates are high. There's just not enough inventory out there in the market. And, and, I, and this I do mean broadly across the nation. Um, so that's leading to a greater equity capture at the moment. Cash flow is in place. That's great. How about equity? If your goal is to create more wealth, are you meeting those numbers? And I'll tell you, there are, th there are a couple things that can really affect equity capture as you're doing your due diligence and, and, and budgeting. And, and the big three of those, that's going to be your purchase price. Now, if you've already gone under contract, that number is a known. Check. Done. If you're still negotiating, well, maybe you need to get a lower purchase price if the other numbers don't check out quite right. Price. The correct, having the correct after repair value. So we're going to buy a fixer upper. We're going to fix it up. And that's going to push the market value somewhere north of where the purchase price plus rehab is. Well, what is that correct value? Well, realtors can help you here. You know, I go to the Lifestyles Realty team for this very reason. They, they're able to put together a price opinion. Um, you may have access to software. We have something called Quest at Lifestyles Unlimited that you can use to run your own comps and, and comparable sales, that is, and figure that out. Um, but you need to be confident in dialing in a, a good number. Sometimes I might put a range together and say, what if high, what if low, what if in the middle? 
So purchase price, ARV, and then rehab. That's really the big other number that plays in here that could affect my equity capture. Rehab and estimating that rehab. So let's let's talk about that. That's really that's that's probably the biggest part of your due diligence. And and this is where you're going to experience the most variables. This can change dramatically from property to property to property and from location to location. So the especially the older the property, and I like to look at older properties, there is greater risk. And with that greater risk, you're going to need to know how to be more thorough as you go through your due diligence. It may not simply be, eh, you know, licking your thumb, doing that kind of up and down estimate, carpet and paint, roughly this number. Uh, you're going to want to engage in multiple trades. Get an inspector out there. Get a general contractor out there. Now, that GC may cover the, the, the other guys you need. If not, get out that electrician. Get out that roofer, that AC guy here in Texas Foundation Company and get estimates. If you're new at this, get multiple estimates from each of the trades and then start to dial that in. And if you thought rehab was $40,000 and as those numbers come in, you get a pleasant surprise, hey, it's actually 35, great news. That great investment just became even better. But sometimes it goes the other way. And what was 40K now becomes 50 or 60. Well, what do you do? Check your numbers, does it work? Am I still meeting my goals? If not, that great investment just flipped to the other side. It's time to get out of there. You know, I ran into this recently with a house that had a septic system. I'm not real familiar with septic. I had to start doing some digging, do some of my own due diligence, and learn that the costs were going to make the investment prohibitive for me. So moving on, time to go. Okay, so rehab's a big one. And if you don't know how to estimate and you don't know how to do the things I'm talking about here, um, it may be that you're just not ready. Some people pull the trigger a little too quickly. Maybe they don't have that team ready to go. I just mentioned inspector, GC, roofer, etc. Lender, very important. You know, if you don't have that team ready to go, maybe now's not the time to pursue that investment. Maybe you're not pre-approved for the lending that you need. Maybe you just don't have the education to figure out these things that we are talking about. I'll tell you, Lifestyles Unlimited can help you get ready, help you get educated, and help you learn how to do your due diligence to build your team so that you do make a great investment. But it does start with a great investment in yourself. Go check out our website. Go to lifestylesunlimited.com. Sign up for the free workshop and learn more there. Thank you for listening today. Remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle.
The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.